before I was actually in the music business, I was just a boy with a guitar. And I fell in love with writing songs and songwriting when I was 14. And I did this until I was around 30 years old. And then I linked up with a lady out in Los Angeles named Judy Stakey. And Judy had worked with writers like Sheryl Crow, Joy Williams, Gavin DeGraw, and Katy Perry. I was lucky enough to meet her and become part of her first ever songwriting group, um, which which now I think is in year 10. And uh, it was a, a, a changing moment for me. It was a life-changing, career-changing moment because I shifted from doing songwriting as a hobby to thinking about it as a career. We're so lucky to have her with us today. I'm super excited for you guys to meet her. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the License Your Music podcast, where I'm here to give you all the tools you need to license your music to TV, film, ads, trailers, video games, and more so that you can earn passive income and obtain creative freedom doing something that you love. I'm your host, Jody Friedman. Thank you so much for stopping by today to listen either on Apple or Spotify, or if you're watching with me here on YouTube, I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. We've got a great show ahead of us today, a very special guest coming on board with us, and uh, we're going to talk with her about songwriting. First, if you haven't been by our website at licenseyourmusic.com, please come by. We've got all sorts of offerings on there. We've also got a ton of free stuff that we're constantly giving away, like free guides on how to get your music heard by music supervisors or simple steps to get your music on TV. I've created all these guides to help serve you and be your guide to show you how to do what I've done and try to get you there in a much shorter amount of time than it's taken me. Uh, thanks so much again for listening. Today, we're going to be talking with Judy Stakey. Judy Stakey is leading the new age of music, an author, speaker, and advisor. Judy encourages artists and songwriters to define their perspective and share a powerful creative message. The Judy Stakey Company is a full-service artist development and entertainment company that develops the minds, bodies, and souls of artists and songwriters to achieve the career of their dreams. With over 40 years of experience as an executive in the music industry and 20 years as Senior Vice President of Creative at Warner Chapel, Judy advises creative minds around the world. She is a true champion of the songwriter and has a great eye for talent. She is responsible for developing and signing many of today's most acclaimed artists, including Grammy Award winner Sheryl Crow, Katy Perry, Gavin DeGraw, and Joy Williams. Judy has also developed an innovative methodology that includes developing the body, mind, and the soul of artists and songwriters that is being adapted into the music curriculums of renowned music institutions in the U.S. and beyond. Judy, we're so, so happy to have you. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Most welcome. Judy, tell us more. Uh, you know, most of my listeners for my podcast, they're artists, they're songwriters, they're producers, they're composers. They're, it's, it's a wild, wild assortment of people, uh, publishers, managers, labels. Um, I'd love to hear more about your journey going back to before you were at Warner Chapel. Take, take us through your journey. Okay. Well, you caught me at a good time because I, I actually just wrote my a book and my memoir of my career. So this is very much planted in my head. Um, I came out of the womb singing and dancing, as my mother said, and followed music. Just, I mean, it was everything to me. And I graduated from USC with a degree in music and got out of college. And as I say, there was no internet. And my parents did not, you know, they were supportive, but they didn't have the connections. 
And I thought, what the hell am I going to do? And, you know, by the, you know, Irish luck here, um, I met somebody, I met a woman who came out from New York to be in the music business. And I was like, there's a place to go. There's an actual music business, you know? So I followed her and started working at Arista Music under the tutelage of Billy Michelle, rest in peace, who was an amazing music publisher and one of my one of my early mentors who really taught me about developing songwriters and what songwriters did and how to listen to a song and, and, you know, and everything and everything in between. And so I started as a secretary for Billy and worked my way up to what they called a general professional manager. But really no matter what my title was in the music industry, I was called a song plugger. That's what I did. What I was taught to do was to find songs, listen to songs, develop songwriters and songs in order for them to be great. And then I would take those songs and plug them into projects, hence a song plugger. So if Faith Hill's looking for a song and Joe Schmo had a, had a song, then I would take that and then go pitch it to Faith. And when she cut it, we'd all make money. So I spent seven years at Arista Music, which of course was part of Arista Records, part of the Clive Davis reign. And it was, it was really special because it was a very small company. And so it was, there was a, a community there and it was very small and um, everybody was so um, reachable. Yeah. Um, so I spent seven years there. I got to work with the Henry Mancini catalog. I got to work with the Chinny Chap catalog, which was Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin, who were very, very famous for bands like Spider and um, uh, Susie Quattro. They wrote hits for Pat Benatar and Tina Turner and were just amazing. And then it got a little small for me. And so wanting to grow and, and keep developing myself, I then went over to Screen Gems Music, which was part of the capital EMI family. And um, I worked there for three years. And as much as Arista was to me, um, my business degree, <laughs> so to speak. Sure. So learning what BMI and ASCAP were and what a song was and, you know, all the different departments of a record company and, you know, just... <laughs> all the different players. When I got to Screen Gems, it was, you know, I got to really put all of that knowledge into practice. And I signed writers and I signed Scott Cutler, who we had a, um, a nice Grammy nomination with Piano in the Dark for Brenda Russell that year. I signed Rick Knowles, who was coming off of, um, he wrote with, with um, he wrote for, with Belinda Carlisle, excuse me, the yeah. song, um, Heaven is a Place on Earth. He was just coming off a of Stevie Nicks album and went on, of course, to write things for Madonna and Dido and so forth. Yeah. And I wrote, I signed a writer named Jennifer Kimball, who had a, a big uh, hit with I Swear with um, uh, John Michael Montgomery and, oh, it wasn't the back. All for one. All for one. Thank you. All for one. So it was great because our songwriters would come in and I got to be in the studio, which I had never been before. I never got to see the writing process. The other great thing about Screen Gems, it was the, it housed the catalog of the old Brill building. So I was found myself at the age of 27 being in charge of Carol King, Jerry Goffin, Barry Mann, and Cynthia Weil. 
with no cell phones around to take pictures of, you know, it's like, unless you were in an award show back then, I have no pictures of anything. Um, But it was wonderful to be in, in their presence and to, to be able to witness and see how they did things. So that was another education that I got, um, which both of those Aristan screen gems prepared me for my longest run, which was at Warner Chapel. And I went to Warner Chapel in 1989 and was there for 20 years. Yeah. And I ran the um, I ran the creative department. I became a, a senior, you know, senior vice president of creative, and I was still a song player. So um, right. my department was divided into two areas. One was I was I signed and developed and managed most of the writers on the West Coast, the staff songwriters who wrote for other people and so forth. And then the other, the other half of my department was signing and developing songwriters who developed into artists. Mm. So on the songwriting front, I signed, oh my gosh, the list goes on. John Shanks, Jamie Houston, Matthew Gerard, Julian Bonetta, Kevin Kadish, um, so forth and so on. And then on the artist side, I signed Cheryl Crow and Jewel and Michelle Branch and Katy Perry and Joy Williams, a lot of girls. Um, and it was, it was an amazing place. It was an amazing time to be in publishing because publishing was just, it, it, it ruled the world. I mean, it, it, at one point, you know, um, it wasn't as important, but when, you know, with the internet and with touring becoming so important and with record sales, you know, diminishing, you know, in the, in the like the 2000s and so forth, or like I should say that like 2005 and six, Uh, Publishing became really, really, really important. Um, And so I found myself in a, in a great position and I loved every minute of it, developing and managing these songwriters. And, you know, 20 years, I had a great wingspan, as I said, to, to do whatever I wanted, but with the implement of the internet and the, I say is the perfect storm of the, the growth of the internet the um, the catastrophe of 9/11, and then the you know the changing of the guard from di- uh, audio I mean um, paper to digital yeah it it changed everything in in not just in the music business but for the entire world you know you had to say so you had to put every single piece of paper that was in a file cabinet into the computer or no one got paid. That was right. my paycheck, and that was every license for all I want to do is have some fun, which were there, you know, 500 of them. Okay. So that took a lot of manpower and a lot of money. And so things really changed in the mid, like 2005, 2006. And it became a whole new world, which we're living in now. You know, we're living in, you know, downloads and, and uh, you know, and, uh, and not, you know, people not owning things as much. Um, and, and we're we're in a in a world also where the song is shorter, which is so crazy for me. The songs are you know below three minutes now, um, but it it allowed me to really um, to give time and and thought to what I really wanted to do. And I decided to leave the corporate life, and I left in two thousand nine and started my own business. Mainly because what I am really passionate about and have been passionate about the whole time was the development part, was developing the songwriter. I loved being with the songwriter and trying and and figuring out with them how, you know, what do you want to write about? How do you do this? You know, what's your perspective? 
um, who is who would be good to put with you. Um, and I think that I, I I believe this wholeheartedly that that is what is so important. I mean, I, I think that you know how do you market yourself and how you get cuts and you know all all of the other is really important also. But you can't have that until you know how to write a great song. Yeah. You can't have the career until you're great at what you do. I mean, if you even if you want to bake cakes for a living, until you bake, until you learn how to bake a great cake, you're not going to be able to sell it. So it's the same for songwriters. And so I have really devoted my life and my career to developing songwriters and started my company in 2009 and really never looked back. I love working for myself, first of all, with my dog at my feet, who's not barking right now, which is great. Um, and I do that by one-on-one consultations. I provide song critiques, which I think are the most important of what I do because having a mirror in front of you is so important in the development process. If you're trying to do this all alone without somebody going, I'm sorry, you've got too much sugar in there. You know, it's like, yeah. again, I go back to the cake analogy, but um, you know, you, you need a taste tester in there. So I, I provide song critiques. I, and I provide uh, week long retreats where I take writers away from their, their duties and their everyday life and what they, you know, what they have, um, what they think their life should be. And I teach them um, my methodology, which is something that I have, have uh, come up with. And I, yeah. and I give them, um, I, you know, I give them a really good foundation to, to build their career on. Yeah. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> well, 100%. And, um, you know, I, in, in the intro to the episode, I talked about how it was a, um, life-changing and career-changing shift for me when I went to, I think it was your first class. Um, Maybe one of the only ones. Yeah, it was at your house back in like 10 years ago now. Um, And uh, until that time, I loved songwriting, but I was writing as a hobby. And it was a moment for me where I thought, okay, this is a career and I need to think differently about this. And you taught me that. And um Yes, you're just you. You know, you hold a, hold a dear place in my heart, and you're such an amazing woman and an amazing teacher. And um, I think that uh, anybody who's going through this, uh, learning to write, um, would gain incredible value from working with you. And I'm I'm just happy to have you on here. So, well, it gives um, me such joy to see yeah. you know the students that I've had go on and have amazing careers, you know, so you use that as a platform to build upon. And that's, you know, it's what I do is I want to, I want to lay a foundation so that you, you can build a great career. So good on you. Well, thank you. Let's talk about some of the uh, common challenges that you find songwriters have. My methodology is based on two questions. And the first question is what is a song? And I define the song as being the integration of your voice your lyrics and your melody. And if you're going to develop those, if you're going to have to develop those for the rest of your life, then you're going to have to develop your body, mind, and soul. And I just back up. The second question is how do you develop, which is you develop by your body, mind, and soul. So it's those six tools, the, the voice, the lyric, and the mind, the body, mind, and soul. And if you look at your life through that filter, then you, you can really hone in on what you need to work on. So your voice doesn't exist without your body. So if your body is not in shape, and I don't mean, you know, being Mr. Universe, I mean, being healthy, having sleep, good sleep, good diet, good exercise, so that when you show up to a co-writing 
you know, a, a co-write uh, session that you are prepared, that you are, that you can last the whole day, that you are not, you know, oh, I only had two hours of sleep last night and I didn't have anything to eat this morning. It's like, you're no good to me, you know, <laughs> at all. So it's being aware of what you have to put in place. And I think the challenges for most writers is looking at their life as a business, as a career. I mean, I get a lot of writers who show up and go, well, I wrote poetry in high school and I play a little guitar and I sing and I want to be an artist and I want to be a songwriter. And it's like, there's a lot more to it. It is not for the faint of heart. Songwriting is not. There's a lot of work to be put into it. And I think that's one of the challenges, all right? Um, The other challenge I see from a lot of writers is, is having their own perspective on things. It's very easy to repeat what is what has been said. Um, yeah. Your perspective is what you think about love, not what everybody. Love is a subject. Love stinks is a perspective. Let's say. So I have I, I, one of the examples I use is I had a client who was having trouble with lyrics, and I said to him, I, "I, you know, I thought you had a really bad breakup, which of course, you know, you'd think you'd get twenty songs out of a bad breakup." And he got a little upset, and he was like my relationship is like a big ball of string in the corner over there. And if I start unraveling it, it's going to go everywhere. And I'm not ready for that. And I said, well, there's your song right there. There's your lyrics. So it's, it's not listening to themselves because I think yeah. that's one of my te- techniques is I ask a lot of questions. And when someone brings me a song, you know, it's like, don't look at the lyrics. Just tell me why you wrote it. Tell me what motivated you. And I sit there and I will write down what they're saying to me. And then I'll show it to them and go, here's your lyric right here. Listen to the way you talk. Listen to what you, you believe. Listen to your perspective. Um, it, but it's, it's turning the table so that they look more about themselves than outside of themselves. What would you say would be the difference between a great song and a hit song? Uh, marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fair answer. I like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are a lot of great songs out there that I have on my playlist that have never been hits, but they are great songs. And I um, I have this playlist that I play at my retreats and, you know, anybody can go on Spotify and, and sign up for it. it's Judy's favorites. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh my God, that song's amazing. I never knew that song. I'm like, yeah, well, there's a lot of great songs out there. So I think that's, the, I, I really do think that's the difference. Let's talk about co-writing and collaborations. What are your thoughts on, on that process for songwriters? Well, I think it takes a village to raise a child. And I think that, you know, to, to try and do it on your own is it, it's, it's noble. And I, there are writers out there. Diane Warren is one of them who does not co-write a lot. You know, it's been, you know, maybe a few, a handful that she has co-written with and that's from the very beginning. Um, But from, for most of us out there, it's much easier to have somebody in the room who it will be a mirror who can say, eh, I'm not sure if that's the greatest. Let's keep going. Let's try harder. Let's do something different. Um, it's, it's just an easier process. I, I, and I think more fun. I mean, when you come to my retreats, you, you co-write every day with two different people. I, I like co-writes in threes because then it's not just yes or no. There's always, you know, a third one that, that, you know, can break the tie. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's quicker. It's much quicker. Yeah. And you, you mentioned like, uh, or we should touch on, I think, how your words matter in a session when you're doing a co-write and the, the words you'd say instead of saying, oh, I don't like that. You know, no, let's keep going. Let's keep searching because it's a creative conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. And the way you treat people is very, very important. 
Um, you know, I used to, I, I don't do it as much, but at Warner Chapel, I was, you know, setting up my writers with other co-writers all the time. And um, it, it didn't really matter, you know, if they were young or they were old or whatever. It's like, if they were really talented and they were a kind person, didn't matter. Franny Goldie, who wrote, I mean, she's had hit after hit after hit after hit. She wrote, well, the ones I'm going to tell you, she wrote with the person. But when I called her and said, I want you to write with Casey Livingston, who's brand new, brand new writer, just graduated from USC. I played her her stuff. And she said, this girl's good. I said, yeah, she's a lovely person. They got together and wrote Stick With You for the Pussycat Dolls. So, awesome. you know, it, it's, it didn't matter to Franny how tall she was, what age she was, whatever. If she's talented and kind, then that's, that's, that'll get you a, a lot farther than anything else. I was going to ask you about uh, hooks and finding great hooks, which um, you kind of touched on earlier with uh, finding a way to speak with your own, your own voice and saying things that haven't been said before. Is there anything else you would add to writing, finding that great hook that really stands out? It, as I say, is that when you get to the hook, it's, it, let me back up. Um, one of the examples I use is that if you're, um, I do a whole visual here. But you, you know, you start on the diving board, the little diving board, and you're, you know, that's your first verse, right? And then you jump into the air and you do a little somersault and that's your pre. And then you dive into the pool, that's your chorus. When you get to the chorus, when you get to that, and each one, of course, is a hook, but each one should be different. Each one has, should have something um, specific to it that, that makes it special. But when you go into a, a chorus, you want to make a splash, so to say. And I can't tell you how many writers will, you know, da 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 and then they get to the chorus and go, da-da-da-da-da. It's like you're you ended on the same note in the pre that you're starting your chorus with, you know. How would it be if you just went da-da, you know, up a little bit? You want to think of your chorus as yeah, making a splash. I love that analogy. Yeah. Well, one of the um little tools that I teach and um came out of London out of some workshop and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where, but I, I inherited it and I love it is um, a little tool called RPM and it stands for rhythm, phrasing, and melody. So when you go from a verse to a pre to a chorus, change something. So you have your verse going, da, 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 go to your pre and go, da, 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 da. you know, change something. So <laughs> change the rhythm, the phrasing, and the melody. So each one stands out. Okay, let's talk about the songwriting process across genres. Would you say there's any difference when you're writing for hip hop versus country versus rock versus pop? Yes. I mean, I'm, oh boy. It's a loaded question. I know. I'm not in hip hop rooms as much. Okay. I know that they will, they will use a lot of teams. They will use a lot of people, you know, they'll use you know, it's more track oriented. Um, there's, there's, there's much more spoken word kind of lyrics. Okay. Not as much, maybe melody where in country music, you're writing from nine to, you know, nine to three and that's it, you know, and it's on a guitar and the track is done later. Um, maybe, you know, I'm not saying for every country song because there's definitely country now that combines with hip hop. Um, and pop music is, you know, it, everything's shorter these days. So there are definite distinctions. And I think that you have to know those distinctions when you get into it. I was, um, 
I'm a huge Olivia Rodrigo fan and I will, Rodrigo, excuse me. And I will admit that I became a fan before driver's license came out. Cause I heard her song all I want on the radio and went, who is this girl? <laughs> so I was listening to the full album last week and I got done with it and it's really good. I mean, her songs are really good. Her lyrics are good, but there was something I felt a little cheated because all the songs were short. Half of the songs are less than three minutes. They're like oh, wow. 2.45. And it's like just when you're getting into a song, it's like it stops. You know? Oh, yeah. So, um, but that's pop music. You know, people aren't writing bridges as much, which I miss. Um, and country music to me has taken or more, uh, has taken over where, re- where pop kind of has, has left off. Well, tell us more about your your workshops and retreats and how can people who are listening find them? Well, you can go to judystakey.com. Judystakeyretreats.com is is the retreat um, uh, website. Uh, I just love these retreats. I really do. And I've I've missed them because the last one I did was the week before we shut down. I was in Nashville, flew home, and then it was done. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, yeah, it was nice not flying around for a year, but um, I've, I've just started them up. Um, I have my first one in August in Nashville and then one in California at the end of August. And then I'll be going back to Nashville in October. Um, they're, I think they're amazing. Um, you come away for a week and you have five days. Well, really, you, you, you arrive the first day and you, you, know, you leave on the, the last day. But those three days in between, I take you through my methodology. And so every day... We're working on the body, the voice, the lyrics, the mind, the soul, the melody. And each day is... is um, uh, um, you focus on a, a different topic. Yes, thank you very much. No coffee. I'm off no. coffee. I needed it today. No, um, no each worries. day focuses on a different, a different um, area. We start with yoga in the morning. Um, the food is very healthy and, and very um, healing on the body. Uh, in the morning, we do workshops until one o'clock, uh, 12, uh, one o'clock, excuse me, and then we have lunch. And then in the afternoons, you co-write with me going around to all the different um, uh, groups and critiquing right there on the spot yeah. so that you don't get done with your song and then find out that you missed something. And then in the evening, everybody performs the song that they wrote that day. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's geared towards my methodology. So we spend every day, there are exercises um, toward the voice, there's exercise toward the mind, there's exercises toward the soul. Um, and it's a very bonding experience because a lot of writers out there don't, you know, they do it by themselves. They do it in their own city. They only have maybe a few co-writers and then they come and all of a sudden they have brothers and sisters, you know, a couple yeah. dozen of them. And it's, and for life. You know, I mean, it's really interesting to see how these writers help each other. And, you know, somebody's going to Nashville. It's like, I need a couch. It's like three people are like, you can stay with me. You can stay with me. And people are writing over Zoom. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful experience. And it's me. You don't, I have, I may um, Skype in somebody on the last day to do a little talk. Um, but it's, you're, you're with me the whole time because I believe yeah. that this is the kind of retreat that you go to, to set the foundation. And even if you've set a foundation for yourself, you need, maybe there's some holes in it that you need filled. Oh, I was just thinking I need a refresher. I need to sign up for one of these. Alumni. There's yeah. the alumni one in, um, in October. 
And the okay. alumni is once you've taken the first one, we still have to apply. But um, when you've taken one of my first retreats, you then come back and there's not a lot. I've taught you everything you need to teach as far as the foundation. Now it's about practice. Yeah. Now it's about, okay, every day there's an assignment and there's somebody, I bring in somebody who is giving the assignment. So an A&R person says, I'm looking for this. So write me songs. And so six people write songs for it. Yeah, I mean, six groups write wow. songs for it. Yeah. And how about the recording process? Do you do any recording while in Nashville or? We do. <laughs> um, it, it's harder because you, you have people there who are not, you know, at the first one, you don't. I, I record all the songs when you're performing them that night. And the alumni, yes, we, you produce the songs as you're writing them. Amazing. Yeah, I think I'm there. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, all my questions you, you answered and then some, and I think uh, there's just so much to learn from you. So uh, for anybody listening, Judy Stakey, J-U-D-Y-S-T-A-K-E-E. And you can find her online and find her, her retreats and her website. And uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Jody. good to see you. I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new today that will help you in your career, whether you're a songwriter or a producer or a composer. A lot of great insight into that world. And uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on Apple Music or Spotify, please leave us a review. And if you're watching here on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the show. And uh, come by our website at licenseyourmusic.com. Pick up your free guide. Right now, it's four simple steps to get your music on TV. I've got all sorts of stuff on the site. Come by the site, licenseyourmusic.com. Click on training. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at License Your Music. And keep making great music. Keep writing great songs. It all starts with the song. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay cool. Peace. Peace.